Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it, so look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love, and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey guys, it's Kayla. Candace isn't able to join us today, but guess what? We're all still so directionally challenged. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s, but surprise, we don't. And that's okay. Today, we're going to talk about career changes. If this one caught your eye, I'm guessing you might be contemplating quitting your job or something like that. So much of our identity is tied into what we do. Well, what happens if you realize that something you have worked so hard on and studied for so many years isn't making you happy? What do you do? You've realized you need a change. That's a really scary 
realization. Well, we have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Daphne Gomez. She went through this exact same thing. And then not only that, she created a community for people who have gone through this as well. So today I'm talking to Daphne Gomez. After navigating her own career transition from teaching in 2017, she founded the Teacher Career Coach to support other teachers thinking of making a change. And she launched the first complete coaching program of its kind. She also hosts the popular Teacher Career Coach podcast each week. She has created a judgment-free community dedicated to helping educators find happiness in their careers, inside or outside the classroom. And although she's a teacher, the information she shares with us today and the conversations we have are for anyone who is looking to make a career change. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Daphne Gomez. And I am joined today by Daphne Gomez. Daphne, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. You know, this is a really important conversation to have because so much of our identity in life is tied to what we do, Mm -hmm. right? It's our sense of self. We put so much weight, our society puts so much weight on it. So it's a big question when you realize something you've worked so hard for your entire life isn't making you happy. And I know that that's a huge change you went through. It's a really scary realization. And we talk so much about pivots on our podcast all the time, big life pivots. Most of our really successful guests have been through a really scary, huge life pivot in their life. But before we get into your significant pivot that you went through, I just want to start by asking you, what made you want to become a teacher? That's a really hard and easy question to answer. So the hard part is, I feel like even when I was going into the teaching program, something about it felt a little bit off and didn't necessarily feel all the way natural. But the easiest way for me to describe why I went into it was I really wanted to do something that's intrinsically motivating and helping other people. I love education and I love learning personally. My mother was a teacher, but she had a negative experience teaching as well. And she kept shouting from the mountaintops for me not to go into it. So it's one of those times where I should have actually taken her advice, potentially. I say that just because I would not give up the years that I spent as a teacher for anything. But I realized after a few years in the position that there were parts of it that I absolutely loved. The intrinsic motivation, working with children was something that brought me a lot of joy. But then there were parts about it that didn't really work with my personality, areas where I really struggled mentally. And that's not just because of society and the way that teaching is structured, but also things that I learned about myself. Like I get decision fatigue really easily and I start to become overwhelmed by all of those tiny little decisions that teachers have to make. And that really impacted me on a day-to-day basis to the point of, you know, having some mental health issues towards the end of my last school year. And those types of moments of of learning about myself and what I liked in new roles after I left the classroom really helped me develop a system to help other teachers really identify what they like and don't like as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you started out as a teacher, which is such a wonderful 
job in the sense that everything you said, I feel like it's the most underappreciated job. We had multiple episodes during the pandemic about teachers and how much we love them on this podcast because you guys need to be idolized. And we talked a lot about, you know, pay and how much work you do outside of the classroom that you aren't paid for, how you're supposed to, you know, furnish your classroom, essentially. And everything that is in the classroom, you have to most of the time come up with yourself. So I can see how, you know, teacher burnout is a real thing. And so you decided to do a huge pivot in your life, right? You started as an educator, as a teacher. What happened? Can you talk to us about the burnout and what made you decide to make such a significant change? Yeah. So I was only in the classroom for three years and my first two years, I felt almost in a little bit of a a fog. Even when I was off work, I felt not myself. And that's really hard to, you know, describe until you're on the other end and you realize, oh, I feel, quote unquote, like myself again. But I was just so exhausted and so tired and had a really hard time prioritizing myself and being excited about the types of things that I was excited about three years prior to becoming a teacher. And I just kept telling myself, this is new teacher jitters. And everybody always gives this statistic of, you know, it takes you five years before you develop your practices as a teacher. And then once you're over this five-year slump, then you're really going to start to feel better in this role. And I feel like that is a benchmark that people used to use in the past of, oh, I'll just not feel happy in this role. Five years is a long time. Yes. Correct. It's a lot and, of life. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up changing school districts and moving to a new city. And in that, that was me making an attempt to say this new district, a different demographic, a fresh start, maybe some new colleagues, that might be what I need to feel better in the role. And that's actually something that I tell teachers all the time is sometimes it is just a change in environment. If you work at in any other job, one um, firm and you're doing project management work and it's just not feeling great and you go to a different firm and you're doing project manager work, you could still love being a project manager. It just, it might be a switch in environment is all you need. I went to the next school district and things got much worse for me as far as the culture of the environment, but also it just really drove home the message to me that this is not what I can do forever. I can't imagine being in this situation and feeling the way I do for two more years, let alone 20. And the way that teaching is structured is you are signing this invisible contract of that is your job for the rest of your life. There's not a different department. There's not really a clear path for you to grow in a new direction. And that is very overwhelming as well. But I found myself the last three months of school, this is far before the pandemic when I know things have gotten a lot worse for teachers, but I was at the time in my early 30s, went to the doctor quite a few times, and they just kept saying over and over again, this is stress-related. These illnesses that you're having are stress-related. And I was crying, like breaking down crying on the way to work, just so overwhelmed, not wanting to go. And I realized I didn't know what I was going to do next, but I knew it could not be teaching. I was not the best thing for the students, and it wasn't the best thing for me. And so I just started to do aggressive Google searches for other jobs for teachers. And back then in 2017, 
the general consensus was, you're a good teacher, you can't leave. You're a good teacher, you need to say, oh, it's such a good profession, you shouldn't do it. And so I was Googling these things and the no websites would pop up. It just wasn't something that anyone talked about at the time. But I ended up landing a role at a Fortune 500 company as a learning consultant. And my job right off of the right out of the classroom was to speak on behalf of an educational product and talk at national conferences, do completely free professional development, understand what teachers needs were and how I could help them solve those problems with a product that was free and my trainings were free. And I ended up really loving it because it was still in the education world. I was still doing something that I felt good about. I loved the company that I worked for. And then I also worked on another ed tech startup that was one of the fastest growing ed tech startups doing what's called instructional design. So for anyone listening, it's kind of just like a course creator doing creating online courses and learning resources, but helping teachers understand how they can use the product at different age groups for their students or for different types of lessons. And I just created all the online learning resources. So things that still scratched my teacher itch, I was still teaching people. And that really exposed me to all the different avenues and paths that teachers can take outside of the classroom as well, which is really where all this started. Yeah. And I love how you tie it into, you know, if you're working at a law firm, you can also apply a lot of these things because the truth is a lot of our listeners are teachers. But if you aren't a teacher and you're listening right now, I want you to know the point of this episode is you can take the leap if you are unhappy in your life. And I think that that is something that is so significant because the next thing I was going to ask you about is how did you know that you needed to make the change. And you it sounds like a lot of your signs were physical, that you were getting physically ill over and over again. And, you know, the truth is our body really does give us signs. And a lot of times it's easy to ignore it. And a lot of times you just think, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. It'll go away. It'll go away until it doesn't, until it's really affecting you significantly. So I'm happy you listened to your body. What other signs have you found within this exploration? What else came to you that made you realize, okay, no, I need a big life switch? Yeah. Before I even answer that question, I want to go back to what you said, because it's really interesting is we always think about these phenomenons of how we feel as we are the only person who is having this problem. (laughs) Teachers are the only ones who are struggling on figuring out ways into different careers. Their career is really hard to transition. When I've worked with journalists and spoken to journalists and really well-known publications, they'll, you know, say, by the way, journalists have these conversations all the time too where we're not sure how our skills translate into new industries. We feel like we're very much stuck in this. And I know that many healthcare professionals feel the same way. It's so common for us to downplay that and also think that we're the only ones with this. So yes, everyone who is listening, this is very transferable to whatever industry you're in, just career transitions in general. But going back on, my body gave me a lot of cues and absolutely pushed me outside of my comfort zone because I am the type of person that will do something to support another person or help other people and put myself last for as long as I can is that that's I think a teacher's heart in general is they really want to be in a serving position. And so doing that one thing that feels selfish is their last instinct. I've started to get much better at that and realizing that the decisions that I make also impact people I love. I'm this 
tiny little puzzle piece on a big puzzle of everyone that I love and me being happy and me making the right decisions for me also means that they see it and they make the right decisions for them as well. And so having that mindset has helped me adapt. I don't know if that's strange to say, but being kind of the leader of example of doing things that are not intuitive to me, I always have to write down a pros and cons list of if it's in my head, if I'm constantly going back to this is a big, scary decision that I want to make and I don't know if I'm making the right choice, but why can't I get it out of my head? Another indicator is if I write down everything and I quantify it of on a scale of one to five, how important is this pro on a scale of negative one to negative five, how important is this con and adding it all up that can help me make that really big, scary decision. And also, if you find yourself asking people for their advice and then if they give you one answer that doesn't align with what your heart really wants and you're like well, you're not really listening to what I'm saying. And you're like arguing, but you were asking them for advice. I think that's something to also really observe yourself. Like you may have the answer, but you're really looking for someone to make it easy for you. And that's right. the part that people are missing is not right. going to be easy no matter what. The answer is inside of you, but you want to hear it from someone else, not yourself. Because there is something validating about hearing it from someone else, someone you respect, saying, I think you should do this. And then you personally go, oh, yeah, you're right. I should do that. Well, okay. so I know you have an entire episode about on your podcast about the five tips of staying productive in your job search. So you've made the decision, right? Okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. This is not making me happy. My body's telling me this. People are advising me this is not the right direction. I don't know which direction to go then, right? You feel so lost in that moment. And it's such a big part of your life. So take us through the tips of how we can find ourselves in the right place. Yeah. So going into those productivity tips, what I see people doing is procrastinating the worst parts of a job search, which is rewriting your resume and actually applying for the roles that you are looking for. I see people setting down and getting on LinkedIn and typing somewhat diary entries on a daily basis of, dear LinkedIn, I'm looking for a new job. And that can feel really validating and good to find a community of other job searchers. That is not necessarily moving the needle forward. But in your head, you're looking on a piece of paper and you said, for 30 minutes, I worked on my career goals today. But that's not accurate on making progress towards those goals. Because it's scary to make this leap. It's so scary. And so if you can kind of convince yourself that you did a little bit to help yourself, even though you didn't, I can see how, you know, it's easy to procrastinate something like that. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now, I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae, and they are both so <laughs> delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly.
And we're back. Yeah. So the productivity goals that I always talk about is batching and having very clear goals in mind and things that you can actually quantify and things that you can control. Because if I ask you what your career goal was, your instinct might be like, get a new job by February. And that's not something that you can naturally control. But what you can do is spend 10 hours taking a customer success LinkedIn path so that you learn more about customer success. So that's when you get into those interviews and they ask you questions about it. You feel more confident giving an answer or Maybe you need to build a portfolio. So it's you spending five hours per week building a portfolio and then asking three people for feedback on your portfolio that have experience in that position. Those are really clear goals that you can set. It could be how many jobs you're actually applying for or how many responses you get when people say, unfortunately, we went with a different candidate. How many of those are you going to actually type out a response and say, thank you so much for that feedback? Is there anything that I could do in the future to be a more valuable candidate for this? That's productive. But going on LinkedIn and doom scrolling and looking at everybody else's, the recruiter didn't write me back. It feels good, but it's not necessarily helping you move forward. So doing a weekly assessment of how you spent your very limited time on working towards your goals and whether or not you were doing the hard work that you know you may need to do like rewriting the resume or whether or not you a lot of this time and then found yourself procrastinating it because it's scary because that's also a really natural human instinct. Right. Absolutely. That's such great advice because a lot of it is fear based. You're right. And applying for a new job is scary. Obviously, we all want to feel like we're enough. And a lot of times applying for jobs, you're told you're not enough. And that can be very difficult. So, I mean, as uh, obviously as an actor, we're told we're not enough all the time. And so I could completely identify with the fear base in that. I know that you have something called a career pivot planner. This sounds like something we all need in our lives. So please tell me more. It is just a planner. There's a printable and a digital version of it. But this is where you can sit down and write out all of your to-do list, but focus on three goals per week for your career pivot. And this is really specific for teachers, the way that we built it out, because it has some teacher-specific things in the career pivot planner itself. But anyone can use this framework to help them move forward with their goals procrastinators, we're talking to you. Okay, this is going to help you make essentially find your dream job because we should be happy doing what we love. And listen, let's be real. A lot of it's work, but you should be able to find some joy in what you're doing. And if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, I this is this I needed to hear this. My work is not bringing me any joy. I've been wanting to take that leap. This is your sign, right? Daphne and I are here. We're, we're here to help you because changing your career is a lot. And I, I wanted to ask you, Daphne, are, did you feel like you had to mourn saying goodbye to your old career? I know it was really difficult for you, those, those three years of teaching, but was there a part of you that had to mourn the idea of being a teacher? You know, I'm sure when you were little, you, your mom was a teacher. You always thought, maybe, well, maybe I could be a teacher and just the idea of that. So how did you cope with the reality of changing your career? This is something that's really common, especially for teachers. And I've read a lot of blogs and studies done on 
grieving actually leaving a career choice. And people are always really hesitant to actually use that term grief, especially if it's something that you choose on your own. So like grieving in general is more common when something happens. I mean, traditionally, we think about it as the loss of a loved one, but it also is it's grieving is when something happens that it happens to you and it wasn't your choice. Usually, you know, we have this idea of people quitting their job and it's a very empowering moment and they're so happy that they actually left and then they found this really great job and they're really excited about it. And so many people who leave their job in these different circumstances may not feel like they grieve because it was their own choice, but teachers have been found to grieve really commonly when I talk to them. And I think that is because many people feel like they were pushed from the profession and they remember what things were like five years ago or 10 years ago and the best parts of their career. And when they really imagine this is the career I'm going to have for the rest of my life and I'm so happy and I'm so fulfilled doing this work. And then that moment when they realize this was not built to allow me to do this anymore. I am being forced out of this profession And even when they get higher paying jobs, even when they get more work-life balance and they're happier than they've ever been with their family life and their personal life, they do grieve leaving something because it did not feel like it was necessarily their choice. And so when you are going through those types of feelings and emotions, the grieving of the loss of the identity that you might have from your past career, the grieving of being pushed into a new chapter of your life, when maybe or not you don't feel ready for it, there are some suggestions that people have, which is just writing down the why, what happened and why, and putting it all into words. I chose this profession. This was a profession that I chose. And these are the facts of what happened. And now this is what I'm doing to get myself out of this specific circumstances. And then also just if you do have access to a mental health professional and you're feeling those feelings, I cannot downplay talking to a therapist about it, but then also realizing that our careers are just this small percentage of who we are as people. And that's something that, you know, you can be really in a funk because you don't feel like your body feels the way that you'd like your body to feel, or you're going through a breakup and you feel like your life is just completely in shambles. But like one really great activity that I've seen before is to create a pie chart of you. And the pie chart represents 100% of what makes you you. And there's not any right or wrong answers and put into percentages. How much of that is for me? I'm a daughter and I'm a wife and I'm now a CEO or a leader and I'm also creative. And how much of that, how much of my body, my physical body makes me me and putting that out and then really reflecting like this 15% of me is what is out of whack right now. And 85% of me is actually doing pretty good. How do I get that 15% back on track? And how do I sit and feel grateful for the rest of me that is also actually in the place that I want it to be and not letting it just completely consume you that one part of you is not necessarily on the right track. That's such great advice. And it, it's such teacherly advice. Make a pie chart and then and make a <laughs> list. And I, I also love previously how you had talked about how you had a pro and con list, but you didn't just have pros and cons. You rated them from five to negative five. So <laughs> it's such a teacher thing. I love it so much. But, but to go to that, 
you're going to in your head, if you're anything like me, you're going to bounce back and forth. And like, let's just say it's, I'm trying to think of like a good, like buying a house. Like when you're going to buy a house, like, oh, I could buy a house and then I would have a place to live, but it's really expensive. And then I could stay in my apartment. And like when you're bouncing back and forth, you have that those like angel and devils on your shoulder. But you don't realize like in my head, I'm like, oh, well, the devil said something. So that like completely counteracts what the angel said. And I'm like just bouncing in all these directions. When I put numbers to it, it's like the angel's like a five and the whatever the devil said was like a two. Like that's not balanced out. It's like not that important. It's just like an argument, but not an important one. Right, right. So what was the most difficult thing for you about changing your career? Figuring out what jobs I was 100% qualified for. And that's, I think, something that everyone listening who's getting ready to actually transition into a new career that is just universal for a career pivot is you have to learn the language of the next jobs you're looking for and be able to translate your past experience in a way that hiring managers for these new industries are going to be able to see how your skills directly relate to those jobs. So I started looking at bullet points of all these jobs and all of them I felt vastly underqualified for, even though I was a professional with a master's and went to school for a specific career and had really great grades and had, you know, three years of great experience in that, I still didn't feel qualified to even apply for training positions until I started to really dissect what they were and be able to articulate my strengths in them. And it took a lot of confidence building, learning about the different careers and starting to really identify which things I was underqualified for until you're able to differentiate the two you might just be shooting out resumes at every job and feeling lower and lower because 50% of them are actually maybe long shots. And you didn't realize that you were applying for so many long shots, but just taking a rejection as a rejection. Right. Was there anything that was surprisingly easy through this whole process? Once I did, once I left, the next time it was a lot easier. Once you make one big change in your life that completely surprises you and feels uncharacteristic for you, which is how I've really lived my life the last five or six years is doing things that are uncharacteristic for me. But once you do something that you don't let fear hold you back from doing something that you know is in your best interest, that is really empowering. And especially, I don't know if you've read Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forlo, but she is amazing. And I recommend that book for anyone who's going through these phases as well. But what she has you do in that book is identify the worst case scenarios after you've started to really dream about something. And is that something you can get past too? Like if you did take this chance and you did leave your current job and you went into a job that was potentially worse than where you're at right now, would you be able to leverage that into a new position? Would you be able to come back from that? what is the worst case scenario and being able to stop living my life frozen somewhere where I was unhappy, but continuing to push myself to grow and do things outside of my comfort zone started to get easier and easier, which is shocking for me to even say. Yeah, because that is so true. Once you do it in one area of your life, 
we can't ignore it. And so it does seep into all the other areas in your life where maybe you need to be a bit braver. Not you personally, Daphne, but just a universal you, anyone listening, myself included. It's hard to ignore once you make a brave decision like that. It's awesome. I saw someone really recently put this great. It's a friend of mine, Jay Klaus. He also has a podcast called Creative Elements, but he was talking about he was going to a trainer for the last month. And at the very end of the month, he had the very first time where he realized he felt like he was physically kind of tapping out and like it was harder than he wanted to do. And he had been going to a personal trainer for about a month. And the results that he saw that one day was that his instinct had completely changed. He was actually pushing through the pain and was like, I'm re I really don't want to do this. But now my instinct is to push through this. And I felt like that was such a powerful lesson of once you do start getting adjusted to pushing yourself into harder circumstances and past the fear, it does get easier and easier and you do get better from it. There you go, guys. We're here. See, you, you, you've heard it firsthand from Daphne. She went through it. And it sounds like your personality is not necessarily an adventure seeker in the sense that like you'll just like throw yourself into something. You are a teacher. You weigh the pros and cons. You figure out. So it takes time for you to make a decision like that. What do you wish someone would have told you? Do you, What do you wish you would have known going into it? For me, I wish that there was a community that told me it was okay to make that decision, that I didn't have to kind of navigate it all alone. But I am happy that I've been put in this position where I'm able to create that community myself. But I, I think it would have been easier. And I think what everyone listening needs to know is that whatever position you are in right now, whatever industry you're in, there are communities of people who are making these bold choices and who are doing career pivots. And so finding and seeking that community to find support and encouragement and motivation, because ultimately you are going to tell yourself it's impossible for you. Like that is just part of the job search process. No matter who you are, there is going to be multiple times that you're going to say, mm, everyone else maybe can get this role, but not me. Like I'm not good enough for it or there's something that I'm doing that's completely wrong. There are parts of the process that you absolutely are gonna need to look at, tweak, identify, start to grow, make changes to your process. That's inevitable, but it is not impossible for anyone. And so finding that community to help remind you the days that you think it's impossible and surround yourself by other people who are in a similar situation, I think is the most empowering thing. And I wish that I existed when I left, but there are more communities than ever before. Just the digital age, I think everything's really helped people find the, those types of communities. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And we're back. Can you talk to us about creating the community that you have and what it took to do that? Because you're right. If you if you see that you that a community is needed like that, you got to figure out how to create one, because if you need it, other people need it, too. But that couldn't have been easy. No. So I started in 2019 and it really started just basically with my Instagram page and what I was doing was just sharing kind of insight into my job outside of the classroom. And I realized all the teachers who were already following me, I had a very small following at the time. But anytime I would say, oh, I have to travel for work, I'm speaking at this national conference, or I'm traveling here or there, I would have all these threads of, wait, you're a former teacher? How did you land this position? And that even happened in my day-to-day work where I would have people follow me out to the parking lot and say, hey, you said you were a former teacher. How did you get this job and how can I get this job? So I started building a page just sharing my own experience and my own tips. And what quickly changed with that is I realized that I wanted to create a page that also amplified the voices of stakeholders, human resources, experts, people who are in hiring positions. And so I started to work directly with them on if I was a transitioning teacher, I know my resume helped me land a job outside the classroom. But that's not enough to say that it's going to help every teacher if they just use the same resume. Everyone's unique. Every job position's unique. And so I started to amplify their voices, their experience as well and create content. And then once the resources that I had created had started to help other teachers, those former teachers were so kind and so generous. Back since 2019, if you scroll back on our Instagram page, it's just story after story after story after story of a former teacher who was a special education teacher, and now they're in this position, and this is their advice. And it's not really focused on me. It's more focused on a community because looking at the page and just seeing me and hearing my story, yeah, that's going to resonate with 
some people, but I also left the classroom without having kids. There are a lot of single moms who are really scared about making this transition. That is valid. And they need to hear the struggles that someone in that specific position, how they overcame that and how they were able to find a job that helped with that situation. People who are in their later years in life may need to hear from other people. How did they actually evaluate what's going to happen to them on the pension schedule? If it's the right, if it's the right choice for them to leave that close to retirement. And so I just built this page. And what's really great about it is it's not just me. I've been able to hire former teachers to help with the social media aspect, the community management of it. So we have full-time people on our team that basically answer the DMs. We get, I don't know, hundreds per week from teachers just saying, hey, I just found your page and I'm struggling with this. And we probably have already created a blog or a podcast about it that we're able to direct someone to. And just the community of people who are all weighing it and not stigmatized about their decision to maybe leave because in every other profession, that's not really a stigmatized decision is whether or not to leave for a higher pay or whether or not to leave for work-life balance. So just creating this safe space for people to evaluate and to learn from one another has been really, really a great experience for me. And I rambled so much that I don't know if I answered your question. No, you definitely did. Yes. Okay. And we love rambling because here's the thing. You're so passionate about this and you went through this. I know we have a lot of listeners on this podcast that are kind of just making big career decisions, right? Younger generation, maybe figuring in college, figuring out what they want to do with their life early 30s, late 40s, thinking maybe I want to make a transition. These are all pivotal decisions to make. And we want to live the best version of ourselves, the best version of our lives, right? And so that's what you're empowering us all to do. And thank you for creating a space that allows that because it is true. Like it's, it's so nice to be, it, it, there's comfort knowing that someone else has been through this and made it on the other side. And someone else that is in your exact position in life has made it through on, onto the other side and, and is happy because that's all we really want is happiness. One thing that you said also for those students, for people who are entering the job market, they are coming from it in the exact same mindset that many of the teachers that I work with may have because teaching is this strange career that does not have all the different paths that many other options have. But students coming straight out of college or people who are changing careers later on in life, they do have this mindset of, I have to get this perfect. This is a huge decision and I have to get this next move exactly perfect. So taking the pressure off of yourself to get it entirely perfect, but knowing what what would a five-year plan look like if this wasn't perfect? If I take this position, does it have anything in it of value that I could pivot and still be in the right direction? Because I don't want you to jump into a job that you're absolutely going to hate either. You need to evaluate what you love, what you don't love about jobs. But let's say on paper, you do go into a sales position and find out that you don't like sales. Can you take that and leverage yourself to become a sales enablement trainer, someone who's in charge of training the sales team. Because it still takes components of what you've learned, but then uses them in a different way. Are there types of career trajectories that you can go if this next move is not necessarily the 
the exact move for you. Or if you go into the company and you find out that this role isn't perfect, but you love the company, is that a company that you could see yourself after a year or two saying, hey, is there any way I can show my value and move towards being on the marketing team? That's something I've always been passionate about learning about. I'd love to get a chance to work on a couple of projects over there and show you if there were openings that I could really be a valuable candidate over on those types of roles. Also, so taking the pressure off of yourself to get everything 100% perfect can also really alleviate some of the stress that you're putting on yourself. What great advice. Guys, guess what? You don't have to be perfect. You don't always have to know what the next step is. And if you have listened to this episode and you are thinking, oh my gosh, I needed this so badly, make sure you check out the teacher career coach that Daphne founded because it is going to help you. It's going to help you figure out what you want to do. And I think a lot of the things you've said today have just been hugely beneficial for anyone in life who's feeling a little lost and trying to figure out what their next step is in life. Thank you for joining us, Daphne. But do you have any last, you know, at last minute little tidbits you can share with us or any advice? Because I know you've been through it. And you've also created a community of people who have really, you know, needed your advice. I think that many people who are listening might be struggling, especially if they feel happy with their colleagues happy in the environment that they're in, but stagnant in some way or the other. And knowing that that guilt of letting someone else down, letting a teammate down, letting your employer down, if you really respect them, is one of the unfortunate parts of this. There's ways to do it empathetically and to do it where you don't burn any bridges. But really evaluating whether or not you've been holding yourself back from where you're at due to actual, you know, there are there are reasons why you may potentially want to stay in the job forever because you love it. But if you found yourself called to something new, to something different over and over and over again, starting to evaluate whether or not guilt is holding you back or you putting other people first and see if that's the one you know, Band-Aid you may need to rip off that you're afraid of hurting someone else to put yourself first, because that also does get easier with time. And it's an unfortunate part of life that sometimes we do have to, you know, let other people down in order for us to succeed and be in our best positions. So yeah. Oh, that's great. It's your time to shine, right, guys? It's your time to shine. So Daphne, thank you so much for joining us and reminding us of everything we knew, but sometimes we just needed to be reminded of. And we're so grateful. Where are your socials? Where can everyone find you so that they can continue to feel this empowerment and follow through with this? Yeah, so they can find me. uh, My Instagram's the Teacher Career Coach. And I do have a podcast, which is the Teacher Career Coach podcast. There's a couple episodes that would be specific to a general career pivoter. Like I do have a great episode on the ways that a career hunt is like dating or the fears of making a change. And then the rest of it is very specific for teachers who are changing careers, but happy to connect with anyone from your audience over on those socials. Oh, thank you so much. Awesome. I love it. Okay. So if this episode piqued your interest, I feel like you were ready for this information and this information was ready for you. If you realized you're in need of a really big career change, then utilize Daphne and all the resources that she has because 
we want you to shine. It's your job to take yourself to a place where you are happy. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged. We have another great one coming for you next week. And until then, take care. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with ACAST. Mm-hmm.